10 to 1, episode 134, Wheel of Time, The Big White Book. Welcome to 10 to 1, podcast where we make top 10 lists about everything, except this week, no top 10. Uh, this is going to be another um, another appearance that we made on the Sci-Fi Christian podcast. Um, so if you're up to date there, uh, or if you're not interested in the Wheel of Time book series, then uh, you can skip this week again, um, because there's probably going to be nothing new. Uh, it is going to be unedited. Uh, so um, I know uh, the guys, uh, Matt, the Sci-Fi Christian, edited quite a bit and um, made this into a few different episodes for them. Um, so we're just going to have the straight chronological unedited right here. Um, so if you didn't hear all of those, that uh, might be interesting. But probably this is more for us to just put another episode out um, and have all of our podcasts that we've um, that we've ever recorded here in our feed. Um, more than uh, for you because probably a very small amount of people that are interested in this and haven't already heard it on the Sci-Fi Christian feed. Anyway, uh gets us to 134, which is a, a number I've been shooting for for a long time. And um, we should be back next week. The plan is two more episodes before the end of the year, uh, two more book episodes to finish out book year and then go straight into our New Year's slate regular scheduled episodes that we do at the beginning of the year and we should be back to uh, our bi-weekly schedule um so um i'll i'll guess i'll go ahead and throw it back to us from oh i forgot to look it up but this would have been i think last month i think this was november um and i'll put a link in our show notes to uh the sci-fi christian episode that this originally aired on so um yep uh uh, I guess I will say today it's December 11th. Um, uh, Melissa and I both had COVID-19 and uh, both recovered. I still can't smell, lost my sense of smell. Um, uh, doing lots of family stuff, uh, vacation. Um, uh, we had our ninth wedding anniversary yesterday. Um, kids are doing good. So I think that that'll probably do it for a, a general update. Maybe we can talk a little bit more about what we've been up to uh, next week uh, when Melissa and I are both here. Anyway, that's enough. I will send it back to the past uh, to our appearance on the Sci-Fi Christian. In the office about that oh, joke. Um, so I hope she didn't mind because I thought it was very funny and I was very, very proud of my insight in making it. What, what was it? I didn't see it. Well, she put up a, a picture on Facebook. Well, yeah, you're not on Facebook. So she put up this picture, and it has a yard sign. It's, it must be from your neighborhood or something. The yard sign says Jesus 2020. Mm-hmm. And then there's a few other signs behind it. Um, and her one of the signs has the name Kim Hasty on it. And Melissa's caption on the, the picture was, I know who I'm voting for. <laughs> and I commented, Kim Hasty? Question mark. 
because the joke is it was comedic genius. It was obviously (laughs) she obviously meant Jesus. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, mine was mine was uh, you just have to be named Jesus and you can get elected to anything in Alabama. So that's true. Uh, You should change your name. Would you ever like to run for political office, Brian? I don't think so. Doesn't seem like my my kind of uh, job. Too I get to you skeletons in the closet. <laughs> I can see you doing that, Matt. You th- you see yourself uh, as like a would honestly, state yeah, congressman would honestly or something for political office. And Des told me she didn't want me to. Yeah, don't do it. Really? Look look how look how what a big supporter of America I am. Yeah, you've got wow. a toy Captain America shirt on. <laughs> yes, I know. Um, can it get any better? I could be your Roger Stone. <laughs> you could be my vice <laughs> governor. No. Emphasis on vice. well let's start this thing Brian I guess you're sitting in today I've got this this is one that we didn't have to prepare for so so it's just so awesome for us I didn't have to read a thing on Wikipedia I took a look at the uh, cover of this book that was all I did I didn't even do that but I, I do see it's here the big white book wow it looks old. Well, I've owned it for a number of years. Okay. So, uh, oh, that's right. I forgot which book we were even doing. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, you didn't even do the right one. You looked at the wrong cover. Oh, man. I hate when I do all that extra work okay. for nothing. Okay, so we are on. Are we, we're going to wait for Melissa. Right? Yeah, I'm just checking to see. I'd like to see how the titling should go. So this usually you say book six or whatever. So. What will this be called? Uh, the Big White Book. <laughs> BWB. That's what it's called on the Robert Jordan fandom. The Big White Book. The okay. Big White Book. I mean, it's not a racial thing, if you're worried about that. I am. <laughs> Especially in these troubling times, the election. Right. Yeah. Like, I am legit worried about... Uh, what's going to happen? Yes. So let's just assume Trump's going to win tonight. Then what happens next? I think there's organized violence. Where? In every major city? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you want to hear just a sad story? I was prepared to just stay home for the rest of the week. I mean, I, I, I went in today and got everything done. I had to get done in my office. And, Brian, there's some flexibility in my office, so I don't have to go in every day. So everything's great. I get home. I set my computer to get ready for you guys. I go to get my wireless mo- mouse. Left it at the office. Oh, my goodness. So I have to go to the office tomorrow just to get my mouse because I hate <laughs> working without a mouse. Yeah. However, there's a Chick-fil-A, near, Chick-fil-A nearby, so I'm just going to grab Chick-fil-A to like make it worth it. Buy two mice. Keep one at the office, one here. Well, I, don't, I didn't buy either. They're just work provided. Yeah. So steal a second one from work. <laughs> so I take my co-worker's mouse? Yeah. One here, one at the office. That's what I do. <laughs> that, that would save a lot of problems. I mean, this is probably, it doesn't happen all the time, but probably the third or fourth time I've had to go and pick it up. It happened to mm. me once and then I'd had it. Hmm. Wasn't wasn't gonna happen again. All right, maybe we'll make that request. Yep. Tell us about you, Brian. Did you vote this morning, or did you vote early? I did vote. I have a sticker. See? Oh yeah, I do too. I so. went at six forty-five this morning. Oh, just knocked it out. The polls opened here at seven, and so okay. I waited for a little bit, and I probably only waited for thirty to forty minutes. It was not bad at all. You waited how long? Thirty minutes. Thirty to forty minutes. And I've never oh. waited to vote. I just walked right in. Des waited for an hour on Friday. What? Wow. Yeah, there's there was no line here. I guess it's a I mean it's a smaller 
Mobile's obviously smaller than Minneapolis. But that's crazy. Yeah. I technically live in a suburb of Minneapolis. Actually, mm. a suburb of St. Paul, really. But I'm near. I'm closer to Minneapolis, and I live in a suburb of St. Paul. I don't know exactly how that works, but it is true. Mm. Like, if you punch in my zip code, sometimes it will say my real city, which is New Brighton. Right. And sometimes it will say St. Paul. Hmm. Okay. Just a little about me. <laughs> hey, I uh, I found out about a new third party. I don't know that it's new, but I hadn't heard of it. Uh, American Solidarity. Have you heard of that, Ben? I am familiar with them. It looks like They're based on Catholic social teaching. Right, right. That's why I've, I I wondered if you had heard of it. So I have, and I think if I was going to vote third party, I would consider them. Mm-hmm. The pro here's the pro the legit problem with third parties mm-hmm. is think about it this way: Donald Trump just made third parties completely irrelevant because he's he wasn't a traditional Republican. He essentially was mm-hmm. the third party candidate, and he sure. proved. It's infinitely easier to win, to take over an existing party than it is to win third party. That's what he proved in 2016. Right, right. Yeah, for me, it's uh, I live in Alabama. It doesn't. I understand. It doesn't matter who I vote for for president's gonna Alabama will go Republican. So whoever's on the ticket. In, right? <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a good chance. So Minnesota has never been red, maybe in history, but that might not be since true. Nixon seventy two. Uh, okay. I'm pretty sure we're, so bad. I'm pretty sure we're going red tonight. Could be really. I mean, in in nineteen eighty four with Reagan, us and the District of Columbia were the only two states <laughs> that went blue in nineteen eighty four. Right. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a long shot still, but. He only lost by 60,000 votes in 2016 hmm. in Uh Brian, we could do, you could stay with us for the news episode right now. Until, yeah, let's start the news episode. And, uh, until uh, sure. Melissa gets it. Sure. Let's do it. All right. Ben, it's got to be the moon news, the water. Oh, yeah. So what, uh, how do you want to do this? So, eight, so we'll make 850. Let's do this 851. So we'll have news go up first, even though we'll record most of it after okay. Wheel of Time. All right. So uh, what's it going to be called? Did NASA lie, or did our <laughs> dreams die? <laughs> okay, that's good. You have to say it. Episode 852. Episode 852. Did NASA lie, or did our dreams die? And other news. NASA lied, folks. Let's give it a cut to the Our special guest, who's here for the first half of the news episode, our friend, Brian Kozer. Brian, welcome to the show. Uh, it's good to be back. It feels comfortable this year should we explain that yeah so we are about to record our wheel of time the next installment of our unweaving the wheel of time right. uh, episode series and uh we're at a little bit of a pause before we get to that so instead of chit-chatting about our real lives we invited brian to be on the news <laughs> right uh so brian did you prepare any news i i didn't but i'm excited yeah, brian, to... that's not a problem i usually don't either so i won't <laughs> worry about it Give it to me. News. So, yeah, let's talk about the moon. Well, here's the thing. 
you know, NASA hypes everything up, okay? They call a press conference. When was the last time you heard about a NASA press conference? Ever. Never. And I called it in advance. I said, if this is lame, it means somebody in high up in the government spiked the news. You know, lizard people, David Icke, all that. Um, which, which I think we're going to do an episode on now. Yeah, oh, for sure. For yeah, sure. Yeah, we're going to do. Uh, I want to do an episode on kooky beliefs in general, and then I, I'm going to read David Icke's book about where he talks about lizard people, which is and I'll, just I'll watch the. Yeah. Uh, it's almost as good. Um, so anyway, NASA announced they found water on the moon. Eh, who cares? Who cares? Don't we all just kind of assume that there's there's water floating all over the place out there? Like there's ice. They always know? tell us when there's water. There's like water on Mars, yeah, it's water like, on Venus. Okay. We get it. There's water there's out there. There's water in the universe. <laughs> Nobody's that excited. Water is the building block of life. No, it's not. It's a puddle. I will say, do you, do you enjoy the Babylon Bee, uh, which is satirical I, news? I, I know what it is. I basically only say it if someone else posts oh, things on Facebook. Babylon Bee is, is fantastic. So their their fake headline was that after discovery of water on the moon, Trump announced Space Navy, <laughs> which, yes. which I thought was wonderful. Um, so yeah, the, I'm I'm I think I'm gonna call this. I'm going to full conspiracy here. Whether or not there's water on the moon, there might be, but that's not what the news is. Uh, you know, we all know there's something going on with the moon. So stay vigilant, di- di- diligent. Yeah, moon diligent. news. Moon Keep news. Moon news coming. Moon news at because we obviously know NASA's a bunch of liars. So keep the dream alive. Uh, the moon is hollow, and uh, it's full of lizard people. And you heard it here first. <laughs> Brian, did you watch the press conference? I didn't watch the press conference. I went and checked it checked it afterwards. Were what? you as disappointed as, as I was? No, I think I, that was about the, the kind of thing I was expecting. I was, I was probably happy that it wasn't some esoteric kind of thing that I didn't understand. Like, I can understand water on the moon. Like what? Like what were you thinking it could like what could it well, have been? I don't know. Rock. Yeah, or yeah, like, like that. Percentage of nitrogen is five percent oh. greater. I don't know. That so, would have been really dumb. Something I weird. feel like they probably had been holding on to the water thing and they're like, <laughs> We gotta placate people. You can't just pull out nitrogen again. Yeah, so it is strange because if I'm not mistaken, the timeline is it's like on a Wednesday or Thursday, they're saying next Monday. Right. Everybody tune in. They hyped it up. We're gonna have a press conference, big announcement. Like, yeah, what what's the holdup for saying there's water up there? Right. Just announced there's water. Yeah. Um, right. um biggest shock of the year, Queeby has shut down. I know, I feel like we've seen so many different headlines about how bad it's doing. I felt like it was already shut down. Right. And but, but now we, it's we've been waiting for this ever since they announced the idea. It's officially what? I heard a beep. Yeah, I think he just he just texted me. Melissa is here so we can start doing Wheel of Time whenever. All right. Uh let's let's do one more piece of news. That's uh, supposed to be unobtrusive. Because <laughs> this is a good group conversation. So let's let's take a moment. Uh, and everybody can say their favorite Sean Connery movie. All right. Oh, As he died. Yes. So uh, that's a great, great question. I want to think about it. Uh, I'll turn it over to Brian first. And then Brian, you can introduce Melissa. All right. So I'm going to join. I'm because you're her in. husband. <laughs> well, Melissa's here. Hello. <laughs> that's great. She's been here. They all know me. I write in and say, 
that I'm not going to listen to your uncensored feed anymore. And then, oh, that reminds me, Ben, I have a great suggestion for your uncensored feed, but I'll have to tell you when we're off the air. Okay, that's that's perfect. No, you've become a loyal, uncensored listener. I know some of the episodes might not be to your liking. But, you know, not Most of them are. You're not going to but. Um, you so know, you want to hear? You want to hear the story of how that happened? Like we got to episode four, and I was like, I rage quit, kind of. And I was like, Nah, I'm done listening to this. I don't agree with Ben at all. <laughs> and then Brian kept listening. That's a terrible thing to say. And, <laughs> And then he kept, Brian kept listening and he was like, oh, there's this really funny story that Ben shared about, uh, it was one of the bathroom incidents. And he's like, I think you should listen to this. And it's, it's uncensored, but it's funny. And so I, he reeled me back in with just one more story and now I'm hooked. Good. Yeah. Good. I I don't mind. I mean, we 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 welcome all viewpoints on duty or bathrooms or <laughs> circumcision. Or I did. I, you know, Melissa, I saw you. You sent us some feedback about Dune, so you're you're checking out our Dune uh, episode. So great. That's we're glad to have you over on the okay, Patreon. Okay, but, but let's get back to Sean fully Conrad, on board. So. I'll say uh, Last Crusade for me. Oh, that's a good one. I I like. Uh, you know, obviously Goldfinger's good, but Hunt for Red October is pretty spectacular. I think I'll go with Hunt for Red October. All right, Melissa? Uh, I like the two previously mentioned. Uh, for the sake of doing something different, I'm going to go with, what is it, The Rock or The Island? The Rock. Yeah. Rock, yeah. Welcome to The Rock. All right. Uh, has and anybody course, mentioned one's got Nick Cage, too. Gentleman? No one, no one shows that yet as their favorite Sean Connery so, movie. Nor well, you don't have to either. So, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. I'll just put that out there. Uh, so, sorry, Sean, but a movie I love by him, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Brian, I agree. Do you, do you know why he signed nice. on to League of Extraordinary Gentlemen? No. Yeah. He he was offered the part of Morpheus in the Matrix, and he said, "I didn't understand it." So I turned it down, and then it goes on to be a huge hit. <laughs> then he was offered Gandalf. This is all true. Oh, and he no. said, I read the script. I didn't understand it. So I turned it down. It no. goes on to be a huge hit. So like two years later, <laughs> he gets offered League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. He reads it. He doesn't understand it. And he thinks, well, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not missing this boat again. <laughs> let me uh, Let me guy. mention a few. I just watched all of his James Bond movies last year. Most of them for the first time, except for Dr. No. So here are my favorites, in no particular order. Goldfinger, uh, From Russia with Love. And I don't know if I'm alone in this. I feel like it's not as well-liked as I liked it, but I liked Diamonds Are Forever. You know, the thing about Sean Connery is, like, when I was kind of perusing his filmography, there aren't a ton of, like, greatest movies ever made, but it's his presence. You know, like, I... Mm-hmm. The Rock's a total guilty pleasure for me. It's not a great movie by any means, but I love Sean Connery yep. is great in that movie. Yes, he is. Yeah, and same thing, like Last Crusade, I know Matt disagrees, but it's nowhere near on the level of Raiders, but Sean Connery's character is one of my favorite things <laughs> in the whole Indiana Jones series. Uh, he's in Highlander, which I like. Highlander, another bad uh, movie that he's great in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's pause the news episode here. We're going to oh. roll over wait, to the wait, Wheel wait, of one, Time. One last thing. <laughs> let's all say goodbye to Sean Connery in our best Sean Connery voice. I'll go first. Yeah. Did you know I'm not good at accents or like <laughs> impressions? 
Goodbye, Sean Connery. Yes, yes, Scotty lad. I'll see you on the the great James Bond Aston Martin in the sky. Okay, anybody else want to try? No, we're all going around doing this. I I feel like that's pretty uh, pretty, that pretty much nailed it. It's hard to hard to top that. Oh, that's yeah. why I went first. That <laughs> you did it the best. I, I would like everyone there. to just go. I'll, I'll try it, then give us some time. Okay. I, I hate when people don't participate. Uh, good, Goodbye, Sean Connery. You are... What is that? That's not even That's not a Schwarzenegger at best. <laughs> All right, give us some music. Or right, time travel. You suck it. Impostinations, lad. <laughs> I don't know if he ever said lad, but he's Scottish. I assume he did. All right, so we'll come back later. Uh, I'm just going to go save that real quick, and you guys get prepared for Wheel of Time. Oh, Sean Connery. <laughs> Welcome to the rock. I can't, you know, I'm very disappointed there was no participation. <laughs> that, that I was I, fixing to participate, and then uh, we, got, go we got, we time traveled. No, I'm still recording. Just make it well, happen. Yeah, do it. Goodbye, Sean Connery. I hope when we next meet. For the first time, then it will be at tennis. <laughs> <laughs> That's when he likes to play his favorite sport. That's true. Tennis. Oh, so Brian, you have to participate now. Matt, you're sucked. I, I did. It was both. awful. I did participate. It was awful. Wow. What did we? They just hang out. We just lost Brian. Oh dear. Just kidding. He's here. I'm sorry. Brian, here. you got to do yours. Uh, that was what they used to call me, Gandalf the Grey. That would have been amazing. That would have been so terrible. That was my impression of you. I like it. Oh, I really thought that was Ben. That was better than your impression of Sean Connery. Okay, now we're really off. Let me go save that. I... Just because of, of various computer issues I've had in the past, I save every single time we're done with one section, just to make sure nothing bad happens. Smart. That's actually, I, I mean, you're supposed to do that with any documents that you type up. Learn that in college. Get all the mm -hmm. way to the end of a paper, and right before you hit save, everything if shuts down. Or... Off of a, a cloud document that's saved on your OneDrive, it will save automatically. <laughs> well, the cloud wasn't present way back when I was in college. Um, I mean, it was, but we didn't really... I went to Pensacola Christian College, and they have a very censored internet access. Oh, sure. Yep. I understand. Hey, uh, I heard, I've heard of... The, I think I've heard of Pensacola. Wait, is this the one... No, that's not. It's not the one with separate sidewalks, is it? <laughs> that's the rumor, but it's not true. It's really not true? I work at but, a Christian college, and, yeah. and we've talked about it there. But they do that's have awesome. separate elevators. They do have a water park. With separate times. For water parks? For girls and boys. Uh, separate times. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Melissa, did you enjoy my Kim Hasty joke? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did. That was pretty great. <laughs> it was. Thank you. It was pretty great. I was immensely proud of myself. Did we just say 52 for that one? We did, right? Know. 53. I think that's right. Yeah. So we got 51 coming out, then that was 52. So here we are, 853. Go ahead, whenever you're ready. Episode 853, Unweaving the Wheel of Time, The Big White Book.
as always, sent quit uh, by Brian and Melissa Kozer. Melissa coming to us as the fellow Wheel of Time expert. A wheelie, wheelie. as you like to say. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And Brian coming to us as somebody who is along for the ride <laughs> and has no idea what we're talking about. So welcome, both of you. Thank you. Uh, yeah, so the big white book, give a little background on this. It, it is a something of a reference book, though it's... it's Part history. It has it fills in some gaps in the world history and the breaking of the world. It gets into some character biographies. Gets into some background of the different cultures and everything. So it's not just an encyclopedia, but it, it's it's called the the actual title is the World of Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time, um, and it's referred to in Robert Jordan fandom as the big white book because in fact and I'm holding the original edition here Matt and can you confirm that it is in fact big and white well that's me it is definitely white and it's bigger than the average book but I mean if you're thinking like gigantic no it's not the gigantic white book man no. it's you the know, big white book you know what book. it smells like don't you smoke cigars yeah. big time cigars <laughs> just like as I'm opening these pages and it yeah it's, that's not, that's, why is that because I smoke cigars <laughs> like did you recently smoke cigars next to this? Well, it, like, on the, yeah. like, did you smoke a cigar on the way here? No. But it's sitting in my office. Uh, so your yeah. office is just like infested. Well, I wouldn't say infested. <laughs> it's enjoy, it has an enjoyable <laughs> room note to it. Uh, did I ever tell you the story? So growing up, uh, my mom and I and my sister, we lived in a, a small apartment. And my mom smokes yeah. cigarettes, though, not cigars. Right. And I was on, in ninth grade, I was in the basketball team. One day... Uh, another kid on the basketball team named Billy. Oh, Billy. Stole my backpack. <laughs> and yeah. he wasn't very sneaky about it. He later, I later saw him with it. And he, this is a, a teammate of mine. Uh, I asked him, <laughs> why did you take my backpack? And he said, it smelled like smoke. I thought you had cigarettes in there and I wanted them. <laughs> I did not have any cigarettes. Share the wealth. Yeah, so, uh, so yeah, he didn't. I didn't have any cigarettes. He didn't try to get you to bum some off of your mom and sneak them in? Into school no, or something? He just, instead of asking, he just stole my backpack. A teammate, a you fellow would have given basketball him player. A cigarette? I certainly would have. <laughs> if I had had him, I, 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 why wouldn't you share with a teammate? Right. In fact, you're the type of guy who, who would go to the store and buy some just to have them to hand out to friends. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I've been giving out cigarettes to, right. to students for, I mean, for years. Halloween, so that's what you hand out. <laughs> but isn't that strange that, that my teammates stole my backpack to steal cigarettes it all is. because my mom made my things smell like smoke? Hmm. So just thought that for your kids. They're not in my office. It doesn't get into the rest of the house. Just think about it for your kids. All right. Well, they're homeschooled, too. Well, so. Do you want your kids getting <laughs> their backpack, sto- backpack sp- stolen for cigars? I mean, I would. <laughs> Cigars are are tasty. Anyway, so this is the big white book, um, and that will be my biggest contribution to this episode. <laughs> that was that was great, <laughs> and uh, I I don't know that I had ever read it cover to cover up until a few months ago, but um, it was published in between books six and seven, 1997. So I think shortly before book seven came out, which is our next one to read. Um, and one interesting thing about it is you'll notice on the front cover, it lists a co-author for Robert Jordan, Teresa Patterson. And one of the interesting things is that the book is written as though it's an in-world history of somebody who's writing 
the history of the world during the events of the series. And Robert Jordan intentionally didn't tell Teresa Patterson everything that he knew because he was like, well, a historian would get some things wrong and be working from incomplete information. So this is not an omniscient Mm. reference work. Let me ask you this. I'm yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. I'm currently in the midst of reading the uh, Song of Ice and Fire tie-in called Fire and Blood. Right. Is it in the same vein as that or totally different? It's in the same vein, but that's that's better. But anyway, Melissa, let me let me get you in here. Uh, have you read this before? And uh, what are your thoughts on it? Well, I had never I, I had never heard of it. I didn't know it it, it existed. Um, and at first I thought it was just kind of a fan fiction. But I, I did think that was pretty cool how it's, uh, like you said, it's an incomplete history. At, uh, at the same time, it was a little bit frustrating, too, because I wanted everything. I wanted to know everything, and we just never will, especially about the Age of Legends, where I think there's one section in the book that it says just about everything we know from the Age of Legends comes from, like, six consecutive pages of a document, some letters that someone was writing to someone right. else. Um, and and that's it. That's all that we know. And everything else has sort of been pieced together and sort of uh, conjectured about. And so that was cool, but at the same time, I, I just wanted everything. So I was a little torn yeah, there on that. Yeah, there is an actual Wheel of Time encyclopedia that was published um, by his widow and, and a couple of assistants uh, after the series was completed. And that's really much more reference-based. It doesn't oh, okay. have – I don't know if I'd say it has everything because I don't know if he ever really wrote down every last detail about the Age of Legends or anything. But it's much more of an omniscient source. Okay. Uh, I might series. check that out sometime. Yeah, so – I mean, let's start with the Age of Legends stuff, because to me, it's like the 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 best part of this book is that historical section on the Age of Legends and the breaking and all of that. Um, but one of the cool things in here is that it's hinted at several times in the series, but you can pretty much confirm it on this book that the Age of Legends was what to us would look like a futuristic world. Just with magic, too. Right. It has magic, but flying cars. Right. You know, everything that they describe essentially looks like uh, a future version of Mm -hmm. our own world. That's kind of cool. It's even got, like, uh, power-created beings, the Nim, uh, that, uh, uh, what's his name, that's at the the end of Eye of the World, and Mm -hmm. uh, he's one of them. I think he's the last of the Nim. And it turns out, I didn't know this, he was a power-created being or, or something like that. Sort of an android, maybe? Um, right. That was kind of cool. Yeah, totally. And then it also, in a similar vein, um, with power-created or power-augmented, is that once we get a little bit further into the history and we get into uh, Trollocs and stuff, they are not just, you know orc-like monsters, they're actually genetic engineering gone wrong. Or, well, right, I mean, perspective. you're making the connection with orcs. That's what the, the orcs were, too. They were, they were people genetically engineered. Uh, yeah. And I guess what I'm saying is that, like, in Tolkien's world, it's not, it's more magic, whereas here it's 
whatever the sciency magic state is that exists in the Age of Legends. Mm. They they're much more there there's really a science fiction vibe uh to the whole early part of the book. Hey, while we're on the subject of Trollocs, did you pick up on the one the one really weird sentence in the whole book that stood out to me and it's talking about uh Trollocs reproducing and it said, fortunately, female Trollocs enjoy being pregnant. I did not. <laughs> oh, I know. That was like, what on earth have I just well, read? Trollocs, they, they like pain and, and <laughs> seems logical to me. It was just really weird. Yeah, I I did not pick up on that. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, you know, I, 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 in all the years I've been reading Wheel of Time, I've never really felt the need to do a deep dive on uh, trollic reproduction. <laughs> <I know. laughs> but, but you get there. Uh, you know, part of where my mind went with the early part of this book is we obviously have the TV series coming out, and I think that's going to be, I'm mean, super excited for it. When uh, is it coming but, out? Uh, Any dates yet? I'll, I'll look that up. Yeah, I don't know that there's a date for it yet. Um, but the, you could, if it's a hit, there's a great prequel series to be made here too. Mm-hmm. You know, everything from discovering of the boar and the dark one and everything. And then oh, you get yeah. into the, the war of power and it's, it's fantastic stuff. So I'm kind of excited about it and kind of, uh, in dreading it because, uh, so, we were just watching uh, something on YouTube about a fan, uh, a movie that they made for some other fandom, and uh, about how the fans hated it because they they took the basic storyline and just ran with whatever they wanted to do instead of following the book. And I don't know why it is, but. Movie producers and directors have this thing where they they're like, oh man, there's this there's this niche that people just love this thing. Instead of recreating it, I'm gonna put my own spin on it and hope that they'll love it just as much. And almost inevitably, they fail, and yet they keep on doing this. And I don't know why, but it's super annoying. Well, Stanley Kubrick made a career out of doing exactly that. <laughs> he adapts <laughs> The Shining and basically throws the book out. Uh, of course, the, the corollary there is that all these other people are no Stanley Kubrick. Yes. Uh, yeah. And so uh, it's that you can have that case where you, which The Shining, I think, does fall into this great movie, bad adaptation. You know, it's, it's not a good adaptation of the book, meaning that it's not faithful to the book. Uh, but it's one of the greatest movies ever made. Um, yeah, I, I, I hope they don't do that. I think that Game of Thrones, if that's the mold we're going for, um, say what you will about the last couple seasons where you know they're not working out of the book anyway, they did a really good job early on of weaving in and out of the book's complexity and, and being able to condense it down and still follow the plot. And there really weren't too many places where they kind of went rogue. Uh, so I'm fingers crossed that that's 
what they're going for. I can't imagine something like Wheel of Time would have gotten a TV show if it hadn't been for the success of Game of Thrones. So hopefully they're looking at that and saying that's the mold to follow. Let me interrupt and say I did some research on this Wheel of Time TV series, which is going to Amazon Prime, and it was set to, to be released this year. There's right now no date. It just says 2020. I doubt it's coming out in 2020. Right. A little bit more research <laughs> revealed that they were they had to halt filming in March of this year. Shocker. So, and I hadn't heard that. It doesn't it doesn't say if they restarted filming. Week. Suck it up. Get on the Tom Cruise cruise. Dude. <laughs> uh, one last thing about the TV show. It's it looks like Moraine may potentially be the main character. Have you heard this? Well, I mean, she's a. I, I see them following the plot. I mean, the, she's probably the biggest cast name in there. Rosalind. No, Pike, yeah, Rosamund. Whatever her name is. Yeah, so the... She's quick, the main the character brief. for part of the first book. Well, you know, she kind of keeps everybody together. She's their unifying threat. Rand is clearly the main character from the start. Well, I think he's going to be. Well, he'll yeah. be around, but it says, The Wheel of Time follows Moraine, a member of a powerful all-women organization of channelers slash magic users. Blah, blah, blah. Then there's more. She takes five young people from their home village following the attack. So it doesn't even mention any of the other characters, just Moraine in the oh. official synopsis. The five people. Moraine and the five youngsters. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I, I don't see them going too far afield. Uh, so going back to the Age of Legends stuff in the book, um, I I love the description of battles, and I especially like how we and later on there's all these uh, biography mini biographies of the Forsaken in there, but I like the picture you get of so many of the Forsaken start out on the side of the good guys, and then there's defections and there's backstabbing and all of this. It's it's totally fantastic. Yeah, I like how it it starts out. Well, they're all. You know, the whole world is is at peace. It's a utopia until the boar uh, is created. Um, right. And then you have people that uh, they're, they're just done. Like one of them had been sort of a, a nun, I guess, and, and her life was set, a, yes. I think, Grendel. Uh, yep. her, her whole purpose was to serve others and... And keep abstain from the pleasures of life. And now uh, she did a complete reversal. And then, like, I, I like that the reasons everybody turns to the dark side are so very human. Um, right. One person, he's a decent enough musician. I think it's Asmodian. And then he, but he's just, he'll never be considered great, you know. He's just not as good as everybody else, and so he he turns to the dark side to get try and give himself that that lift up. And it's such a petty reason, uh, but that's how how humans operate. We'll we'll do right. things for the petty reasons so often. Oh, totally. And and it's fun because some of those details are in the series. By that point, you know we see Asmodian. Uh, he when he's in disguise as a gleeman before he's uncovered in uh the shadow rising uh so we get those pieces of him out there and it's kind of fun to see some of that stuff get the background filled in uh so, so let me ask you this because we've been very positive 
Um, well, first of all, did you read this in the actual physical book, or did you read it uh, in an ebook, or or listen to it, or what was your approach? I had an ebook. Did it have the artwork in it? Yeah, it was pretty awful. <laughs> <laughs> the artwork Wait, let me take a look is at bad. It's very bad. Like you were and talking, those... you were talking on a previous episode about how some of the book covers, uh, like you can tell they they're sort of uh, products of their time, you know, my, uh, I, I, I don't even know how to describe them. Just looking, trying to look extra cool or whatever. Uh-huh. But those look like, uh, I don't know, the Sistine Chapel compared to the art in <laughs> this do. book. Yeah, and they have, uh, they have two, you know, big spreads of them in the middle of the book, and it, there's a night and day difference, and I've just found, I'm going to hold it up for Matt here, one of my favorite pictures in the book, so that's oh. Loyal the Ogier. Oh, that's uh, sad. It's, uh, that's it, not how I pictured it's, him. It's, it's horrifying. <laughs> that's what we all it's said, horrifying. Matt. No, so, yeah, the artwork is definitely uh, a downside uh, in this. Um, hey, can you uh, pass it back over here? Now, Brian fortunately... I had been I'd been forewarned like I was reading through comments on on Goodreads before I started reading it. I was like, okay, I just know to ignore the art. Right. Right. And Brian is right now reviewing this picture. That's amazing. What do you think of uh, Loyal? He's like uh he's like Groucho Marx a Groucho it, it Marx looks uh, like hobbit it's a or something. Horrible, horrible racial stereotype, but I can't decide which one. <laughs> It's like a few of them all mixed together. <laughs> it's not good. I, kinda, I, I mean, now what I want to say, I feel like I shouldn't say. What did you want to say? I kind of think it looks like... I don't know if I should say this now based on what you just said. <laughs> I, Does it look like Barack Obama? No. Is that what you Let's just pass on. No, I'd like to hear this. No, I, I feel like this, this conversation just would go worse. No, this is, I've never been more interested in anything you've had to say on this podcast. Uh... Well, you were recently telling me about that joke that one of your coworkers told about, like, you're from the Planet of the Apes. That it looks like Loyal <laughs> is from the Planet of the Apes. Uh, does that's that is true? Uh, there's actually a story, a backstory on the artwork in this book, and I'm trying to remember all the details of it. Um, but it's something along the lines of they had somebody, either the artist who did it wasn't you know, thought he would have more time or they had an original artist who dropped out and they had to scramble for it. But there's something in there that at least goes uh, to to explain why it's so bad. And to, I only saw that one picture, but it didn't look like it was poorly illustrated. Like the person wasn't unskilled. Maybe they didn't understand the characters or is it also poorly I, done? I, so, I think it's poorly done. Like, you know, there's somewhere, especially as you get into some of the human characters. Um, I'm holding up Lan and Moraine for Matt right now. Uh, and, and you can pass this over to Brian. Uh, you know, we're doing an art review here on <laughs> an audio experience. Hmm. Like, that's just uncanny valley there. That's fair. I, I, I don't know what's happening with Lan's face, but it's horrific, whatever it is. Yeah, see, I'm not really that... I, I'm not... You you brought up Loyal first. He makes the rest look. Uh, he's the best of of the lot. 
it was the human characters especially and like you get into some of the females especially it was just like and the book is describing them as beautiful you know elaine with her beautiful red curls and and then you look at the book uh, at the pictures and they're just awful well hold up tom i just found the picture of tom Marilyn. he looks absolutely coked up he is just on he looks way older than i picture he is he is high as a kite um yeah, I don't know what's happening with with this, but yeah, the artwork's definitely a highlight uh, in here. Um, you know, for me, looking at the rest of the book, like there's nothing I really dislike in the content. I will say that once you get out of that big historical section and we just sort of start to get into character biographies and all that, it gets a little bit take it or leave it for me. Well, especially once you get into the country uh, histories and, and like, here's what this country imports and exports and Mm. uh, what the people wear and how they dress and what their type of flag is. Like, the first few is like, that's pretty interesting. And then you get into country after country after country. It's like, oh, I got to put this away for tonight. (laughs) It's not anywhere near the time I normally go to bed, but I am out. (laughs) right yeah so i you know we can talk about any other big things there are in there i don't have a ton left to say on it myself uh, but for recommending to to readers of the series i would say if you are into the series and you want more background and all of that absolutely check it out if you're just barely holding on uh you can skip <laughs> oh you know what say, if well, if you are kind of where Matt was before he quit, where you're maybe struggling to to follow the plot, nah, this skip could this. help piece it together for you. Mm, maybe. You might want to skip around through the book. Yeah, you um, don't have to read it cover yeah. to cover. Now, I sure. will say, uh, there was one part that I knew pretty much nothing of, and that was the section on Archer Hawkwing. He's kind of like the Alexander the Great character. Okay. Uh, he's cool. The way he right. it, it went into detail of how he unified the whole continent and how at one point early on he was, uh, I think there was a false dragon and uh, the false dragon's followers beat the snot out of Hawkwing's army and Hawkwing turned around like he was going to retreat and then... And it was nighttime, and instead of retreating, he turned back around and sneaked. And he, he did a surprise attack in the dead of night with, like, an army of nothing and won the day. And I think it's like he's he never lost a battle from that point on, or maybe ever. Hmm. And uh, he's just one of the coolest characters in the whole series. Nice. Really good point, because I, I think that this is something the book absolutely does. You know, if you take it on its own maybe it's more take it or leave it depending on how much of a fan you are of the series but you know arthur Arthur hawkwing gets name dropped constantly throughout the series and it's stuff like that 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 really makes the rest of the book books better and it it absolutely does that It, it it is borderline maybe on its own but as a supplement to the main series it makes it such a richer experience to have this Mm -hmm. another thing too is like it's the the book series is always talking about these different wars and it's i had never looked up a timeline i'm sure some surely some fan somewhere on 
online has a timeline of all the wars. But I had fun when I was reading through this book, creating a timeline of, okay, first we've got the Age of Legends. That's the farthest back anyone remembers. Then there's the boar. Then the collapse is about 100 years. And then the War of the Shadow. Then there's the breaking of the world. Um, and so just all of those uh, that get referenced, but I didn't know which which happened first or whatever. And then it oh, right, takes... Right. I, I wrote it all down. If you want, I'll, I'll go, run through it real quick. <laughs> Do it. Go all right. For it. So after the breaking of the world, that lasts for about 100 years. Uh, so imagine 100 years where uh, there's earthquakes and uh, you've got uh, the oceans flooding in where they've never, uh, you know, gone past boundaries before because, every, you know, everything's just being disrupted by magic. Seas are boiling away, it says. Um, mountains rise up or collapse. Uh, you just, everything is crazy and you don't know what's going to happen from one moment to the next. So that's 100 years. Then there's 200 years uh, to recreate nations. Everybody just kind of leaves each other alone and just, just tries to rebuild themselves. Then there's the Compact of Ten Nations, uh, which lasts for about 800 years. Then you have the Trolloc Wars. Uh, this is when they just come boiling out of the, the blight. Nobody is quite sure why. And that, those, the Trolloc Wars last for 350 years. Then you have the War of the Second Second Dragon. Um, I forget the guy's name. It's he only has one name, not two. Um, but it's through his rise. Guerre Amalison, actually, that was, he did have two names. Guerre Amalison. Um, he's a false dragon that rises up, and it's through putting him down that uh, that reads to Arthur Hawkwing. And the consolidation, that's what it's called when he, he conquers the whole land. That takes 20 years, and then he rules for another 20. Then after that, after his death, uh, there's the War of the Hundred Years, where nations are fighting against each other for pieces, uh, trying, to, trying to be the next leader, kind of like when Alexander the Great died. Um, and the War of the Hundred Years lasts a little longer than that. Uh, then they have peace for a thousand years, and then there's the Isle War, which starts up because one of the kings in Kyrian decides to cut down uh, one the the offshoot from the the Tree of Life that they'd been given to make a, a big fancy throne for himself, and so the Isle come out and kill him, and he flees all the way to Tarvalon which results in the Isle pursuing him, also that Randall Thor can be born on the slopes of Dragonmount, according to prophecy. Right. Which is, I, I don't know, I just love it when, uh, I, that is one of the coolest things, I think, to me about this series, is you have this prophecy um, that the Dragon Reborn will be born on the slopes of Dragonmount, uh, and he's got to be—he's got to be the son of a maiden, so one of the Isle people. But uh, the way that these prophecies come to be fulfilled, and it's—it allows for freedom of will, but also like one way or another, the prophecy is going to be fulfilled. Right, right. No, it—it's uh. It's such a cool timeline, and one of the things that I, I love is the way Robert Jordan, it, you know, 
he establishes this idea of cyclical time and, and repetition. And you mentioned a couple things there about like echoes Alexander the Great. And so that's a, a really big idea in the series. And one of the ways you can interpret the series, especially when, uh, you know, the Dark One or it's not, it's a Shamael and disguises the Dark One in the early books is telling Rand, we've been here countless times before, is that um, the time is just constantly going around. So technically the Age of Legends is in our future, um, but it's also in our past. You know, and so there's this cyclical nature to the world. And that's why the book always says called the uh, the a- third age by some an age yet to come or an age long past. And one of the cool interpretations that's out there about the whole history in the fandom is that every age considers itself the third age because you can only truly remember three ages uh, ago. Yeah. Two. <laughs> yeah. So you can you can you have some history about the second age. And then you can have some distant memory about the one that came before. And if you think about it, like that's kind of right. Like if we considered, you know, BC as the the previous age from where we are right now, okay, we have history there. And then you can establish some myths of kind of far ancient history, but it's really foggy. That's Maybe cool. Archer Hawkwing is Alexander the Great Reborn. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and there's certainly in, in the name, there's a, a call out to Arthur Pendragon. So the Arthurian legends and all of that as well. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> yeah, so uh, any other things you wanted to highlight in here? I'm, I'm pro book conditionally. Brian's raising his hand. What do you give this book? I, I gave it four stars. And Melissa? Uh, well, let me check. She gave I it four believe, stars. Yeah, I did. You already knew that answer, Matt. You had just finished liking my <laughs> review. I, well, I knew, but I wanted to ask for the <laughs> listener. What, uh, one of the things I was curious about was, is there anything that he slips into this book that is important to the plot in future books? So, like, you're going back and reading this, knowing the whole story. Is there anything that, at the time... Uh, reading book one through six, you wouldn't have known something that then later comes up? Or is this just more kind of uh, appendices type stuff? I think for me, um, so in the books, the White Tower is all, it tries to see itself as a, a shaper and guider of nations. They're there to serve, you know, as as advisors to kings and queens, but at the same time, it also sort of is always flexing its muscles of, it. you know, you would do, be wise to not be on the, to not incur the wrath of the tower. Uh, so they're a bit of a bullies, too. Uh, reading this book uh, made me realize that the White Tower was a bully right from the start. Uh, yes. They stilled women who didn't want to join and become part of the White Tower. Um, so these were women who, uh, they, they'd already been trained and they used to be Aes Sedai, but when they, uh, when the group started to get together and say, okay, we're all going to be called, you know, form the white tower and we are the Aes Sedai and some of them just didn't want to join, uh, you guys go your way, we'll go our way. Then they would, they fought, lashed out at them, stilled them because they just didn't want to join their, 
uh, be part of the group. I don't agree with that. <laughs> either. Yes. I, mean, I agree with your description. I don't agree with it, their <laughs> actions. Right, right, I'm with you. Yeah, I, I'd say I don't think there's anything plot-wise that jumps out as though, oh, that was mm-hmm. a major clue to this. But in terms of stuff like that, it's the richness it gives to the series mm-hmm. uh, that I think is really strong. That's good. Uh, for me, it, it makes me think of... I think the only thing that I've read kind of like this is um, The Secret History of Twin Peaks. Did you read either of the Mark Frost? I have not. Books? Yeah, so I would say... Did you read those, Matt? No, but I'm interested. Tell me more. I I think it's more along your lines of the, st- of the stuff you'd enjoy, Matt, but um, uh, it's... I don't know. I, I thought I only read the first one. I thought it was a little disappointing um, in that it, it gives answers for questions that didn't need to be answered, I didn't think. And um, uh, I don't know. I thought it was kind of unnecessary and even made some things um, less interesting um, with the mythology. Like, Sometimes you don't want answers. You just or you want an answer, but then you get an answer, and it's better if it had been left ambiguous. I, I'm, I can't think of a good, really good example from from some other thing, um, but like in this one, in well, David Lynch is you know maybe the perfect example of don't explain too much. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so like um, like Audrey, it's it's very ambiguous. Right. What's up with Audrey? Um, and I haven't read the second book that Mark Frost did, but he's very explicit in explaining what happened to her. So I don't know. I'm I'm glad that that this one didn't do that. Matt, if uh, a book like this existed for Lost, how many times would you have read it? I can't <laughs> believe you brought this up. I was just about to. A book like this does exist for Lost. Oh my! Really? God. Get it real quick? What's oh. it called? <laughs> Oh, Siri like just the, said indeed. I don't know what's happening. It's like the Lost um, Encyclopedia or something. Yeah, so it, that's, it says Lost Encyclopedia. That's not a book like this. That's a DK children's book. This, well, it, <laughs> well, what makes me think of here, here you go, Brian. I'm holding up for that camera for you. So this is mm-hmm. a gigantic Lost Encyclopedia. It actually came out after the re- release of the final episode mm-hmm. uh, of the whole show. Uh, what made me think of bringing this up is that it also answers some questions that they didn't get to on the show. But guess how many times I've read this book in full? Never. Never. In fact, Whoa. it's it's an encyclopedia, so the items, like the people, the places, the things are in alphabetical order. And I'm still, I, I don't know if the bookmark's still in here, but as far as I can remember, I'm still in the A's. I don't think I I don't I don't think I've barely read this thing. You should make that your resolution. Okay. I was wait, wait, wait. I, I got a great idea. So let me just say this real quick. I was dying to get this. And then it was delayed and delayed. And when I finally got it, I was happy to have it, but I I just never read it. Okay, what's your idea? So this is a great idea. Uh, so it, and for people to understand the context, it's election day today, okay? So my idea is that you commit to the listeners right now that you will finish that book by the time Trump leaves office. So you could have four years. You could have three months. That's I awesome. I, I have it done by the end of the year. I could have it done in four years. No, you could. You have till January twenty first. How about you just say by the next election? No, I'll have that's it done. no fun. This is like Russian roulette. I do not agree. Well, 
<laughs> I think sorry. I don't agree with your attitude about about. I'm sorry, this I, I just your sense of fun, I, Matt. It sounds fun, exactly. It's a little election I mean, night. It's a gigantic book. I can't commit to I that. I think the just most read... fun of it is that I'm not yeah. being challenged to read that book in such a is short that what? time. What was the challenge? Sorry, I didn't hear that part. I think said. the most fun part is that I'm not the one that's being challenged to read that much in such a short time. Yeah. Yes, that is yeah, how, how is the 100 books challenge going for you guys? Well, I've reached 75 books and then decided I'm going to go ahead and read uh, Crown of Swords. So I'm probably not going to make it to 100. But I've already, I'd already resigned myself to that a while ago. The real challenge was the friends you made along the way. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, well, anything else that we want to say as we drift wildly yeah. off topic? <laughs> yeah, so uh, I think I, I did enjoy this book, but there is one thing that just really broke my heart about it, and that's that there weren't any prophecies of the dragon. So I always love it uh, any time in the books that you have a prophecy show up and then you're like, ooh, how is this going to be fulfilled? And you're trying to you know, keep it in mind as you're, as you're reading the books, especially in, at, I think it's at the beginning of book two, you have uh, the Trollocs attack that uh, Blight Border uh, city and uh, they leave uh, graffiti that basically turns out to be dark prophecies, uh, prophecies of the dragon that the shadow has, and right, uh, and that was just, that was the coolest thing. And so I was all set. In fact, there is a section, a chapter in the book that says prophecies of the of the dragon. So I was licking my lips. Here we go, and it had not one prophecy in there. It basically was just, and there are prophecies about the dragon that he must fulfill disappointing <laughs> yes i just uh just a second ago sent a uh, message to our listener and friend wayne henderson who is i mean when i think of lost fans i, I mean he's the only one i know that's as much into it as me maybe that's not totally well, true but he, you you beat him on the lost off so <laughs> i just texted him to ask if he's ever read this encyclopedia because if he's interested that could be a whole whole episode right here just there you go in the same is this a uh, okay. big white book? We could do the Lost Encyclopedia. What did we learn? We've already had one lost <laughs> off. Yeah, do it every five years. I could scan the book for questions to ask you guys. You that could title it Lost it. in Lost. I, I actually like that title. <laughs> lost in Lost. <laughs> off on Lost. The Lost Off Part 2. I think lost, on, lost in Lost is better. Yeah, but mine's more accurate. All right, so where do we leave things on this big white book? Where I mean... If this came out in between books six and seven, does it send fans and readers into a direction to prepare for book seven? No. No, it's just... It's just kind of a... It's fun. Yeah. It's like, we're not done yet. It's nice filler. Exactly. It's nice filler. Oh, I like this. And when you get done... Right. (laughs) I think it's time to move towards that wrap-up. Let me hit that music. Uh, Well, wait, do we have... Let's let them plug their podcast. Go oh, ahead, Brian and well, Melissa. Tell I was going to say where they can find you. I was going to say, uh, if you if you get done reading the world of Robert Jordan's The Wheel of Time, you can uh, switch over to one of Teresa Patterson's other books, The World of Shannara. Looks like she <laughs> oh just 
Looks like she uh, started to make a cottage industry of of these kind of things and didn't didn't really work out. Everybody stop. I have to answer this phone call. What? <laughs> Hello? What in the world is happening? This is really important. This is super important. I, I, Not for the podcast. I can oh, say anything right now. Good lord. So so what are your predictions for tonight, Ben? I uh, I think oh, no, what he's asking me my <laughs> I figured this was going to get cut out anyway. <laughs> no, they keep everything, remember? Well, I I think Trump will win. Okay. But it's going to come down to uh to Pennsylvania. Uh, okay. Yeah, that's a big one. It is a big one. It's Minnesota, Wisconsin, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. Trump needs to win one of those. But he needs to win two to be secure. Gotcha. I, I think it's a different Teresa Patterson. But there's also a book on here called Food Stamp Bitches. When I looked up <laughs> uh, Teresa Patterson on Amazon. Yeah, it looks like it's different, at least according to Goodreads. <laughs> the Pastor Side Piece... There's another one on here. <laughs> we get to the world of Shadra. So get this. What in the world is happening? All right, now, I, I I may have told you this story off the air, Ben, but my refrigerator started leaking in August. Does that ring a bell to you? No. Okay, I haven't told you the story. My refrigerator started leaking in August, so I immediately called. I happened to have a performance plan on it, so I immediately called to have it get checked out. I'm going to just fast forward this story. They couldn't see it for two weeks. And then when the, the technician came out, they had to order parts that were on back order on October 2nd. Now, keep in mind, I started this in the end of August. On October 2nd, I found out that I may be heading towards just getting a replacement. And then I, I finally, what day is today? Today is Tuesday. Last Friday, I finally got confirmation that they were going to send me a replacement tomorrow, Wednesday the 4th. I have not had a refrigerator that's worked properly in two and a half months. My my wood flooring oh. in my kitchen is turning black underneath of it. That's not good. So all that to say, I had to take this call because it was the delivery information. So tomorrow, I'm getting a new refrigerator, finally. Hooray! Wow. Um, anyway, where we left off is Brian had brought up the world of Shannon. So I, I went out to uh, Amazon and was wondering... To Brian's point, has she made this little cottage industry out there? What else has she written? So just search for Teresa Patterson, and I'd like to read the titles in <laughs> order as they appear on Amazon, just for the first page. Wait, right before the fridge call, weren't we ending this episode? Yeah, this is where we're going to end it. This is it. <laughs> uh, so books by Teresa Patterson. No idea if this is one or many Teresa Pattersons. Sister to Sister. Well, that's a nice book. The World of Robert Jordan's The Wheel of Time. That's what we just talked about. Food Stamp Bitches. <laughs> Love, Life, and God. The, please leave this in. The Pastor's Side Piece. <laughs> the World of Shadra. And that is it for Therese Patterson. You have to leave that in. That's one of the best... <laughs> That's, that's comedy gold. <laughs> that's comedy gold. It's not him can't... swearing. He's Come just reading of... a book He's title. A title. Thank you. It comes out of nowhere. <laughs> With... 
<laughs> the, the, the cover is something else. Ben. <laughs> don't, don't Google it, Brian. Okay. You should definitely Google it. <laughs> I think it's erotica about welfare. <laughs> about being on welfare. <laughs> Listen, can we at least have this as part of the uh, uncensored feed? Sure. Okay. Uh, we can wrap the episode. Okay, up. let's wrap up the episode. Uh, oh, wait. Let's... Hey, I just looked up that book, and it, the first thing that I see about it is backed by popular demand. <laughs> exactly. You got a star rating on Amazon. <sighs> Melissa, could you uh, help me... If that if that little clip was for the uncensored episode, help me have a clip that I can use for this show to end things here. Okay. Um, well, Start we hope anything. you have enjoyed listening to this dive through the world of Robert Jordan. And uh, if you like the world of Robert Jordan, go check out the world of Robert Jordan. <laughs> I love it. After you're done, I want to do a couple more friends. All right. I found. Uh, I'm Brian Kozer. I'm Melissa Kozer. And we are the Stop Goodbye. So, okay, there so. Has- Got to be competing Teresa D. Patterson's out there. Yeah, Ben, I thought you were joking when you said it was uh, erotica, but I'm just now reading the... It's Yeah, they're friends who claim to be food stamp bitches, tired of living off the government. They decide to start their own business called Night Teaser's Exotic Maid Service. (laughs) You were wrong. We need to send this into uh, 372 pages because they need to read food stamp bitches. Uh, (laughs) Okay, I'm going to run down a few more titles from Teresa Peterson. The Hoodwives of St. Pete, uh, Project Queen, They Call Me Mr. G-Spot, and In Need of a Joshua Man, which that one looks like it's a a Christian living book, so something something is up. (laughs) But wow. Wow. Hmm. This is this is fantastic. I was I was not expecting to discover this today, but I'm very glad that I did. I do like how every time we have the closers on, we get an, a bonus episode. It's great. Oh, speaking of a bonus hmm. episode, I have one for you. Uh I I came across it in my Bible reading. Um <laughs> but give me a moment, a moment, and I'll look it up for you. Okay. It's a, uh, it's a possible another entry in your foreskin foibles. Oh, it's absolutely oh. another air entry. Oh, that's that's fantastic. Uh, Queen Boss has a sequel. Queen Boss Two. She wrote one called Spin Cycle, which looks like it's set in a laundromat. Okay. It's X-16. Okay. Yep. 
Uh, thank you, Brian. Uh, so he reminded me it was in Acts 16. And so basically what happens is there's been the controversy between the Jews and the Gentiles. Uh, and, you know, the Holy Spirit is being shed ab abroad on, on everybody. And then the Jews start thinking, well, we've been following the law all this time. Shouldn't the Jews or the Gentiles have to as well, even though they're getting the Holy Spirit? And so the church in Acts 15 has this big old get-together that, no, the Gentiles do not have to be circumcised uh, in order to be saved. Uh, and they have this, you know, this big, all, all the different pastors and bishops and elders and whatnot getting together. And we have just, they, they decide just a few rules, like stay away from fornication and uh, from eating blood. And that's it. We're not going to put anything else on the Gentiles. Well, then we get into Acts 16. And Paul uh, comes to Derby and Lystra. And there's a certain disciple there named Timotheus. And uh, Paul wants him to go with him on his journeys. And so he took and circumcised him because of the Jews which were in those quarters. For they all knew that his father was a Greek. So oh, after yeah. this big deal for, for the, the Gentiles not to be circumcised, Paul goes ahead and does it to Timothy anyway. Just in case. Exactly. <laughs> Timothy's like, oh, thank God, Paul. Did you hear the news? <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking we don't want to push our luck too much, though, big guy. <laughs> I don't think he called him big guy. <laughs> I, I just think it's amazing when you think about all the controversies and Christian history and all the, you know, the things people fight about big and large, controversies all the way down to uh, carpet in the sanctuary. But the granddaddy of them all, all foreskins. I mean, this could be a, a foibles episode right here. Yes. I think it's a mishmash. Yeah. It's a, what, uh, what, what do you think uh, this title could be? Like, not so fast. Well, but I. I I mean, is this separate from the Teresa Patterson? No, it's all together. Well, because I want that in there. Yeah, I'll be in. it's all together. It's just it's a, about the it's collected a... works of Teresa Patterson and Timothy's big. Whoa, whoa, big whoa, 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 uh, yeah, something Sur about Timothy. How about surprise, Timothy? Yeah, surprise. That's good. Okay, so I'll find out. I'll find out what part it is. And let's just hit the music right now. All right. All right. Let's hit that music. Well, listeners, thanks for joining us for another Uncensored episode right here on the Sidebacker I'm Ben Anderson. I'm Brian Kozer. I'm Melissa Kozer. And we are at the Sidebacker Christians. Signing off. <laughs> Don't go in once again. Friends on. It's, I was just thinking today, Melissa, it's so funny you bring this up. I was just thinking today, it has been a long time since we've done a Foibles episode. I'm glad we got one in. And, and so I'm just checking right now. The last time Ben took time to research the Bible, to teach it <laughs> all, wow. it was July of this year. So this is a... Wow. This will be too long. It's and lo and behold, a woman arises to teach you about the Bible. That's... 
I can't argue with that. Uh, ben, I need you to say, it's in the Bible, Foreskin Foibles, part five, and then whatever title you had just said about Timothy. It's uh, episode 40. Episode 40. It's in the Bible, Foreskin Foibles, part five. The collected works of no. Teresa Patterson and surprise, Timothy. I thought it was just surprise, Timothy. No, I want that, the that, whole thing. That, that's too long. That's way too long for me to have a nice clean. It's going to be surprise. The font size. Surprise, Timothy. Decrease the font size. I mean, it's it's no longer than interview with Brady Harden, author of Duncan Ross, book one, The Follies of Haven Island. Oh, Duncan Ross. Don't bring that up right now. <laughs> just don't bring that up right now. <laughs> oh, no. He talked over the music. So, no, we don't have to start it over. We gotta get We gotta finish the news. Yeah, but we so we gotta get a, a, a move on this. Yep. Yeah, what? Brian's leaving. Welcome to the Sci Fi Christian on set that I met. I'll just cut this out. Hi, the Coses are here. Are they? We're you here. They left. He was waving goodbye. We're both oh, goodbye. here. I thought you were saying you wanted me to leave, so I was going to no, leave. No, no, no. Well, uh, no, I don't. I don't want you to leave, but we have to get back to news. You're Brian, welcome to stick around for news. Brian, I need you right now to describe what we just talked about briefly, but without spoiling everything, as we go into this on un- this uncensored episode that just happened. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I didn't realize we we're on. We we're uh, traveling through wow. time there. Um, oh, it works here. Well, uh, we. We had some good author discussion. Uh, we went through the oeuvre of a a favorite author. I think I can say um, of many of us. Author Ben's right, and, and then um, uh, some good uh, good Bible study. Yes, and hey, Melissa, are you there, Melissa? Yes. <laughs> She's not there apparently. Is she uh, your away? wife, Brian? Melissa has introduced us back to the Porskin Foibles. Unexpected addition into this. Man, that's, that's the thing about foreskins is you never know when, when you're going to run into one. <laughs> Give us some time travel music and we'll go to those conversations that were extracted from our Wheel of Time episode and then also post Wheel of Time. <laughs> and that's how it's done, people. Look at that. That wow. was We're going to have like five episodes on that. It's going to be Fantastic. a lot of editing. But... Right. Can we get back to news? Yeah, let me shut this up and save it. All right. <coughs> Are you staying for news, Brian, or are you going to take off? Uh, I, haven't, like? I haven't eaten dinner. Maybe Melissa can stay, uh, and I'll I'll go take care of the kids. I'm I might still... stay for a little bit, but we'll probably need to get the kids down soon. No pressure. If you don't want to, it's, it's not going to be a deal. short news. But we can make, I mean, it, we can make it short for you guys. Let's just make it short so they uh, can be on. Trump is crushing it right now. I'm not, I'm not recording, but that's Early returns. I saw that. Uh, Virginia. Yeah. Yes, Man, Virginia. If he, he's not going to flip Virginia, but if he flips Virginia, it's game over. So do you think the polls were really wrong again? Yes. Yes. And I think it's a combination of the polling is a, a manipulative, a manipulation tactic. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're lying. It's people mm-hmm. lying to pollsters. Well, yeah, it's, it's, it's that the people are lying because they're embarrassed. Yes. But mm-hmm. it's also that the media... Wants you to think it's going in a certain direction. Well, it, the line it was was twofold this time. It was a combination of people who are embarrassed and want to admit they're, they're voting for Trump, but that it was also people who weren't embarrassed and just 
have no respect for the polls. Oh. And they're both of those were out in force. Hmm. Well, I think also too, you have both sides are saying uh, we're going to win by a landslide because they're trying to inspire confidence yeah. in everyone. Yeah, I mean, I totally get that. I still, I'm not going to be shocked if Biden wins. But you look at the size of those rallies. I've never seen anything like this, including here, like locally. I've never seen anything touching this in terms of enthusiasm for a candidate before. Hmm. All right. Uh, give me some time travel music. I'll bring us back. Do, 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 do. Listeners, we're back. Ugh. We just did an entire Wheel of Time episode. We even had time to do an uncensored episode. So we're going to do a short news episode here tonight. Yeah, and then we we're going to get to do Yeah, we're going to head over to the Sci-Fi Christian Extra for Dune our part three in our discussion here. So yes. uh, yeah. you might have us dive in with some news that I think you'd be interested in. Uh if it's truly news I'm interested in, well, if it's the nonsense that... Yeah, I think this is worth discussing. Okay. All right. Netflix is, right now, testing out an audio-only feature, and people are speculating that they might want to move into the podcast realm of when it comes to streaming services. I don't know how the two go together exactly, but, I mean, you know, there's innovation. So what do you think about Netflix joining the podcast community? Well, do you remember uh, a couple of years ago when we started to think about blind people a little bit? And uh, yeah. we brought up, like, how does a blind person watch a movie? Yes. I guess they do. Maybe this is it. Well, let me ask you one more question before you fully answer what you want to say about this. Uh, the... I, they've been messing with the audio preferences when it comes to... Did you know right now, like, you can listen to a podcast at 1.5 speed. You can also watch a movie on Netflix at 1.5 speed. That is garbage. Yeah, I, feel, I knew you wouldn't like that. So anyways, there's, they're doing some things I'd never heard of before in the audio world. Give thoughts. me a famous scene. <laughs> Godfather 3. No, no, like one I'd know. Yeah, you know that one. You just you quoted yeah, it. Yeah, but it, it, not one that's just quotable. When... Like, give me a famous scene that you would feel left out of as a blind person because that one from you'd Indiana the, Jones. The line and you'd feel Wait, why are you talking about blind people because that's what this is for i'm going to give you an example of fine the red red pill or the blue pill morpheus opens his hand and in the right hand that's there not what is, this is in fact a red pill <laughs> red is a color on the spectrum for those of you who have been blind since birth you may not know it um and the color concept of colors may be confusing to some of you but just consider it that it is in fact red, and in his other hand is a blue pill. It's and just indeed, different. It's different. As he opens it, we do see a blue pill. I know you're just being John Malkovich. As no, oh, I'm doing my NPR you're doing voice. John Malkovich. I'm doing my NPR voice. <laughs> what book was voice. that that he? Oh, the the <laughs> the, uh, the 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 Kurt Vonnegut. Yeah. No, I was trying to do my NPR. Um, let me keep going, please. Uh, Neo extends his hand in the sunglasses of morpheus we see two reflections of neo in the right sunglass as we face him we see a reflection of the hand holding out it. the blue pill. i don't think you get it and there is no hand it's perfect anyway i think it's a terrible idea <laughs> uh brian if this is true that mm -hmm. they are considering starting a podcast network would you be interested and would it be something they would charge for I feel like this has been tried before. Like uh, um, Spotify has, is it Spotify that has Joe Rogan now? Um, yes. Uh, uh, that's a smaller scale, but there's there's been people that have kind of tried to do um, 
monetizing podcast networks. I just, I'm not sure that I see that happening. Um, I don't know. It, it just started off as so much of a, uh, a grassroots amateur type thing. And then, uh, you know, there's, there's a few people that can make money from it. And then there's, um, the slapback person. Uh, right. There's you guys that are, uh, hobbyists. Are you making money from it? Right. Right. Like paying your hosting and your equipment and, and, uh, buying you a few tacos. Um, but I, I can't imagine they would actually make money from, from a podcast network, right? Oh, it's a little bit weird. All right, Ben, you can take your grasping straws. I have no more news. Wow, you are trying to get cut things short tonight. <laughs> we got to get to Dune. Wow, it's almost seven o'clock. I totally understand. Let me ask you a question: Have you ever heard of either of these two movies, Cairo six seventy eight or Clash? No. All right. Well, the director who made these movies. Mohamed Diab is going to be the, the director for Moon Knight, a new Marvel Disney Plus series. And it looks like Oscar Isaac from Dune might play Moon Knight. What do you think about Oscar Isaac becoming a Marvel superhero? No, I'm against it. Uh, Brian and Melissa, forward or against it? I don't know who Oscar Isaac is. Uh, he's on Star Wars, Ex Machina. Poe po Dameron po, from Star yeah. Wars. I'm probably not going to watch it because I don't really care. We don't have All Disney right. Plus, so I have some friends from church who like the Stephen King inspired TV show we Castle Rock. I know, but people are tuning in the news for the news. No, they're not. We got to get to Dune. Did, did I'm you not like staying here all night? Did you like Castle Rock, Ben? No, I've never seen it. Anybody here watch Castle Rock? Ryan, nope. Melissa. All right, nope. well, it got canceled after two seasons. Sorry. <laughs> all right, well, fine. I'll do last news of the day. This, this episode's not going so well. <laughs> Let me go hit that music. Here it is. Nope. Did it? This is going to be a skip. Oh, my. What do you mean it's going to be a skip? <laughs> what? Stop saying that. But all the rest of them are going to be must-listens. The Uncensored, but he's, The Wheel but of after Time. After every piece of news, he says, just wrap it up. Like, for the listeners, they've heard, like, three minutes of us talking because we, yeah, we but, cut but, it out. Nobody Fine. cares about this episode. we got to get to Dune. They care. They care. All right. Jared Leto. He's returning as a Joker in Zack Snyder's Justice League. Also, the guy who played Deathstroke. So, things are happening over on HBO Max. I mean, I have to discuss this really quick. James Bond movie, No Time to Die. They uh, may be giving up the studio, that is. They're trying to... Apparently, there's some reports. They're trying to sell it to a streaming service for $600 million. I saw that. Is that ever going to happen? Whoa. It could. It could. Thoughts from the Cozers? That's a lot of dollars. It's a lot of dollars. Well, listeners, I'm sorry. I'm being pressured here to just cut this episode short. So I'm going to hit the music. And we'll be back next week with even more news than this. If you thought four items were great, wait till you hear it next week. We do five or more. I don't know how to let things go when you can talk about news. Another, another show. It's a show. That's I'm a big believer in, in cutting it short. I bet for. Stop. I just want to talk about Dune. Soon. It's time to talk about Dune. I get it. All right, Cozers. Good night and good luck. Happy Election Day. Happy Election Day. Happy Election Day. Thanks for having us on again. Yeah. Melissa, do you want to read for Dune feedback your, your message you sent to us? Sure. Just read it out loud so I can hear exactly how you wrote it. 
Well, she's this will be banned. the beginning of our Dune episode, Ben. So we were already doing it. I wanted to stop recording just All for right. you. All right. There's a new Dune board game that just got announced. Well, that's exciting. So, right. Melissa, you hit. You read your message. I'll hit the music. You guys can stay or go. Ben's going to talk about Dune. I'm going to also respond. This could be a great episode. Okay. We're probably going to we'll go because the kids are getting restly, we'll, restless. Yep. But uh, here, we, here you go. All right. Great episode about Dune. I loved it. It's absolutely better on reread, and your podcast brought out even more that I'd missed. I see now the influence on Wheel of Time, though Jordan's portrayal of Kyrianan politics is nothing compared with the layers within layers of Dune. I think what I'm most struck by on this reading is the inevitability of Duke Leto's death. I can't help but agonize over some way it can be avoided. The mind rebels against that event being set in stone the moment the Atreides family is handed Ericus by the Emperor. The book is so brilliant. Very few novels could give out so many spoilers in the first pages and yet be so tense. Glad I decided to join this journey after all. We're also glad. I'm glad too. That's fantastic. Goodbye, Cody. Thank you, everybody. Goodbye. Thanks, guys. See ya. Bye. Bye. Have a good night.